All right, this episode is about friends and friendship. You're not going to hear this. Oh, okay. You're not going to hear this. Um, but it's about friends. This is basically... Let's, let's, let's uh, open the... Uh, you're not going to hear any of this music. Well, she'll hear it on uh, when, we, when, we, yeah. when we publish it. All right. It'll be a special surprise. This episode is about friends, so let's start it off. I have a special love for Golden Girls. I have so many thoughts about this show. Welcome back, everybody, to the file drawer. Hello. Oh, a podcast. With Eric and Sam this week. I don't know. And... A very special guest. A very special, special guest. Who's our guest? Dana. Hey, Eric. <clears throat> what about me? Hey, Say, Sam. Thank Sorry. You. <laughs> You're here, too. <laughs> I am here, too. I'm only standing next to you. How's it going? Gosh. I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Good. Yeah, no complaints. That's all I've got. Thank you. Thank you for joining <laughs> okay. us today. Thank you for being a friend. Mm-hmm. Thank you for I being a friend. I think that song was very apropos. Is that the appropriate use? Is that the appropriate? I think it's so. the appropriate use of apropos. Apropos. Yeah. yeah. Apropos use of. Is apropos a real word or is it a, like a short, short slang for appropriate? I think snooty people use the word, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, level up. Okay. In society, I'm trying right. to be high society. <laughs> Not really, no. All right. Are you, are you telling me? I was, I was looking up on diction. I don't think it's a real word. I guess try <laughs> to look it up. Yeah. All right. Never mind. I think it was an appropriate song because, um, yeah, we have a friend um, who's actually a, uh, I guess, colleague, grads, fellow grad yeah. student. Yeah. You guys are in the same cohort, right? We are in yeah. the same cohort at CGU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've done work together. Um, Member of the same lab. Member of the same lab. Mm-hmm. Um, we often work in the same shared space. Yeah. But well, we also actually like have real, well, real quote unquote real jobs also at the same place too. At the same place. Like part-time jobs. Dana Walker, why are you following me? <laughs> You're so cool, Eric. I know. You smell good. <laughs> uh, and Sam, mm-hmm. how are you doing, man? As I ask, as you're taking a sip of water. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Spilling water everywhere. Uh, I am good, Mr. Middleton. Thank you for asking. That was very kind of you. Are you you moving equipment so I don't spill water on it? Yeah. (laughs) It's probably a good move. Yeah. Not not my smoothest moment. So here we are. Episode uh, six. Six? Yeah. Cool. So, what, what what have you guys been doing this week? Anything interesting? I'll let Dana start. She's our special guest. Yeah. So. Oh. Tell, you know, first, tell us as much yeah. as about you. Oh, okay. Oh, actually, no, no. I don't want no. to. Yeah, tell us as much about your week. My week. You choose to have um, uh, have stream, of people stream to the thousands and thousands. <laughs> millions. millions. Okay, millions of, of listeners oh, that will okay. be listening. <laughs> Yeah, I had a good week. I don't know. I mean, so similar to you guys, I'm a grad student. I have a pretty flexible schedule, which is awesome. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I mean, I just roll into the office and like I kind of have a schedule of what I kind of need to finish that week and, and make sure I get those things done. But the flexibility of it, like I kind of feel guilty sometimes. <laughs> Do you ever you're, feel you're in my wheelhouse? <laughs> I know, I know. Guilty about the flexibility? <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, I also really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Are you talking about with all work or KLI or? Uh, no, just more like school. like grad school work. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like it was a productive week. I kind of had hit a roadblock on a paper that I'm writing yeah. and. But broke through that, and I feel like, oh, okay, I'm actually saying something maybe useful now. So yeah, no, that's always a good yeah I felt good. Where where does the the guilty feeling come from? I think so. I mean, I think a lot of my like close girlfriends uh, and their significant others, they have like normal jobs, mm. yeah. um, and even like more grueling than normal. And they work like you know ten hour, twelve hour days sometimes, and they get five no ten days of vacation a year, you know, and. I can like. They also get uh, what we call in the industry <laughs> salaries. salaries. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. That's exactly that's how I, what I tell myself. I'm like, ah, meh. they get, yeah, they get paid yeah. and I don't. It'll so be, that's okay. That. I mean, you've already kind of worked before. You've worked before yeah. In yeah. School, yeah. So you'll be going back into that at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, no, but it was a good week. Um, we had a Friday meeting yesterday. Was, that was a great meeting, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, Sam's like a pretty decent meeting runner. I was just, yeah, I was yeah. just trying to, I was just trying to hype myself up there. <laughs> yeah. I was leading that meeting, so way, way smoother than mine. I'm like, uh, but it, you know, but the things that we're doing in our lab are so different, though. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm just trying to like get mm-hmm. products done. Uh, it's very different, but uh, you guys have, I don't know, I'm, I'm talking about the assessment lab. Yeah. Yeah, you, I mean, you have a smaller lab first of all. Yeah. And what the people in your lab, they're all new to the lead, right? Uh, oh, no. two. Two. Two, yeah. I mean, the research lab, we've all been around for a little bit. Even the new people have been, you know, part of the lab for a while. Yeah. It helps. So yeah. Are you going to be talking about the paper again? Do we, uh, I think I'm going to be sending it, um, like, through our little shared communication system to get feedback. But hmm. usually when you throw things up in the ether like that, like, maybe one person responds out of 20. Can you give us kind of the high level of what the what that paper is about? Is yeah. that the one that you reached the breakthrough on, or is that a different one? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah, so it's an opinion piece, which is kind of bizarre for, like, a scientist like myself to, to write. Um, but I'm trying to argue, uh, to the, like a, an audience of industrial and organizational psychologists. So that's my target audience trying to convince them that leader development or leadership development is really a function of self-development. Um, and if we can start thinking about it in those terms, um, and using kind of the perspective or the lens of self-development, we can move the field forward a little bit better and actually start thinking about like the how and the, the psychological processes of how leaders develop, mm-hmm. which is something that the field has been struggling with for a little while. But there are other people in the field that also that do feel that. the same way. Because I remember mm-hmm. writing our chapter thing, I think, either day, maybe. Yeah, day to day. Maybe he made a... My boy... <laughs> hey, what up, David? Hey, what up, David? No, he, he's great. Um, well, I could yeah. see... I mean, that makes perfect sense to me, but I can see where potential pushback comes from individuals, yes. especially like consultants who yeah. say, like, well, hire me to help you develop the leaders, or, like, hire my company, whereas yeah. you're arguing more, well, it's a self-process. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, there's, there's still room there for a third party to help 
teach people to do that, but yeah. I could see where the potential pushback comes from. Or help even facilitate the process. I mean, I, yeah. even with self-development, I think um, that's what you know, coaching is for. That's, you know, there's other sort of yeah. third parties that can help with the process. At the end of the day, though, the, the person is is what makes it happen. Yeah, they're the ones feeling kind of responsible for it and in control and having a sense of yeah. uh, volition or freedom and choice in the, in the matter. But it doesn't, I mean, they can go and reach out to consultants or coaches or what have you. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to shake it right now. Because I, I don't want this to turn like, into a Q&A or a hosty. And I feel like I definitely started off that way. And I definitely don't want to be all hosty and stuff like that. So can I derail then and go in a different direction? Yes. Um, the golden girls theme song. I love golden girls. I love that show, Yeah. but, and I might've brought this up to you guys before, but like the women are such archetypes. They're like they're, they're the female archetypes. There's the smart one, the sexy one, the dumb one, and then the one that everyone can relate to. It's which, the same thing you get on sex in the city too. It's, which one's the one that everybody can relate to? Uh, I think Sophia, Oh, the older? Yeah. Really? She's the more complex person. That Really? Huh, that's very interesting. Rose is the dumb one. Yeah. This is a conversation that I am going to be pure spectacle. <laughs> okay. I have watched zero episodes <laughs> of Golden Girls. <laughs> and also, what I'm thinking right now, I'm like, maybe I also just derailed the conversation. So if we want to go back to the self stuff, we can. <laughs> a little bit. I'm like, oh, every, I whoever's listening to this is like, oh, oh man. <laughs> I just totally went left field. Yeah, but I tell so Sophia is the one that everybody can relate to, but she's like curmudgeon. She's like, ah. no, but she has a sense of humor too. That is true. She's a more complex Estelle person, Getty, right? Man. What? That's Estelle, Estelle Getty. Oh that yeah, that mm-hmm. actress's name. Yeah. She's still alive. I think there may be some dementia issues, but oh. I think she's alive. Oh man, this is getting. I think. Man. Hold on, I'm the one with the computer in front of me. Oh man, dementia's so scary, man. Oh man, I don't want it. Yeah. That was a terrible one. Did you do a sound effect for dementia? Sound, you did a sound yeah. trombone. You know, I'm gonna actually. I want people to write comments <laughs> on the board and say, "Lose it." Oh, I'll keep a little bit of it, but lose it or keep it going. Keep the sound effects. Well, going. we already know my dad loves it. So, oh, I think she's dead. Oh man. Oh, okay. Oh wait, why is this not clear? Yeah, she died in 2008. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she was pretty old. Yeah. So. No more dementia. And then the the the, the sex pot. Mm-hmm. That was who? That what was her name again? Um. Rose, Dorothy, Sophia, and oh man. She had the fun, she had what the is name her was, name? Uh, Blanche. Blanche. No, yeah. yeah. Yes. What's her last name? Blanche. It was something. Blanche. Sam. Blanche McGee. No. no. I thought you were Googling it. I thought you were on Google. You were no, Google. I was, I, was just, I was just guessing. Uh, <laughs> that's terrible. So uh, close, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, great. I mean, great show. I love it. But I remember the, the moment I realized that was like a really sad day for me as a lady. Because I was like, oh, this is how women are portrayed in the media. And everything. That show, I think, would be considered one of the sort of stronger... Uh, shows for women. Yeah, you but they're still they're still in like these archetypes, archetypes of yeah. yeah. There's no like new. There's no variety. There's no. Um, there's no nuance to their characters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's still cool. I love that show. It's funny. It's yeah, great. Funny. Yeah. Well written. Yeah. 
whatever. And I like I like these old shows, you know, um, like that. And back from your day, I can't remember other shows from the era, but I would like watch stuff like that. Yeah, it's for whatever reason. I don't know. I didn't watch that show all the time, but I would definitely designing oh. women. No, I could not get into designing. Oh, okay. I get into, uh, Sorry, Sam. Are these? Uh, it's all good. Okay. I'm here. I'm just supervising. I'm here, <laughs> I'm here to Google things. I am like the librarian. You guys have a question? I'll do my little search. Report back. <laughs> it's all good. I'm going to play that support again, role. That's too much work. That's too much work. Let's just. Let's that's just, true. Her name was Blanche McGee. Blanche McGee. I don't care what the internet says. <laughs> we're treating. We're treating that as the truth. Blanche McGee, the sex pot. <laughs> the sex pot. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Crazy man. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy, crazy. What's uh, you? So you asked us what we were up to this week. Well, how was your week? Uh, the week was all right. Um, working on just different things for our lab stuff. That it's going all right. What, yeah. what kind of stuff? Uh, we're working on not developing it. I guess it's already existing, but uh, just refining a multi-rater assessment uh, for leadership development. Um, also called a 360 assessment. Called, so, called a 360 360 because. degree assessment because it's supposed to measure. We're supposed to get. Um, uh, uh, it's supposed to allow for I guess um, everyone in a person's work circle, work group. Um, so from multiple angles. The whole 360, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but for for multiple uh, perspectives, uh, people get to rate the individual um, on different leadership behaviors or right. what we what things that we consider to be effective leadership behaviors. And the research shows. Yeah, 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 based on the research and things like that. So, um, so you compare self uh, ratings to other ratings, right. whether it be peers, uh, subordinates. Uh, other sort of group mates on team. They could be the same level. And then you put it together and do a feedback report, right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly, yeah, yeah. For the past two weeks, so I'm involved with the coaching part of, of the lab, and we've been doing some coaching debrief with some a, a different 360, not the one that we developed, yeah. but a different one. Yeah. Um, so the three, debriefing 360 feedback is always interesting as a coach uh, because the the – I mean, if you think about it, you are sometimes talking to somebody who rated themselves very highly on lots of different behaviors, and then they get this other feedback where everybody else rated them much lower. And depending on your level which of is, self-awareness... Which is not always the case. I mean, you could rate yourself high. Oh, yeah. And that, high, high. Exactly. And I had a couple of those sessions, and those are kind of the more fun coaching sessions because, like, hey, you know, you're not giving yourself enough credit. Look at other people think you're doing this really well. But the more contentious coaching ones are like, wow, you rated yourself super high and everybody else rated you really low. Let's explore that a little bit. And depending on the type of person that you're working with, that's either a good conversation and they, they leave that with kind of a new perspective or they just shut down. Yeah. And like, oh, these people, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> and they've, they've tried to, you know, there's uh, a lot of different ways that they've, that the research has sort of explored in terms of how do you, how do you compute that? What, what's their... It, is there sort of a different score that you can compute, and does it relate to either uh, other organizational outcomes and things like that? And the, I don't remember specific findings just off the top of my head, but there's some interesting things out there in, in terms of how to use that information beyond just you know just the feedback report. Like that's, that stuff can matter. Uh, there's also like the perspective of um, like okay, so what you agree with how other people see you, like that doesn't mean it's accurate. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, philosophically, right? It's like whose perspective is "quote unquote" uh, accurate, yeah. and you know, there's just there's room to yeah. to wiggle there. Off mic, 
uh, later. I want to get your, uh, your your take on that other 360 report and things oh, like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's interesting though. I keep on using the word interesting. I'm trying to stop using the word. I know, in interesting. Our last, in our last description, you you took note of that. Yes. Did you just pick up on on that verbal tick of yours as you were listening? To yes. Us? But it also was because I was kind of I had to rewind it back a couple of times. I said, uh-huh. "Let me talk about this episode." Uh, yeah, and I hate that. Currently, um, yeah, I feel like I have to kind of listen because I'm trying. We're trying to improve the podcast. We have to listen back in the same edits. We have, we have to listen back, but I hate listening to it, to it at the same time. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. See, Dana, you recently did uh, some like recording stuff for your thesis. What was that process like? It was. Do you like going back and listening to the podcast that you created or the trainings that you've created? No. <laughs> oh. Oh, why is that? <laughs> why is no, that? it's just like uncomfortable. I mean, it's like watching yourself being um, recorded with a camera too. You know, I mean, it gets back to the same thing about the 360 other ratings. Like, there's just something uncomfortable because you're vulnerable and you, you're suddenly seeing yourself how other people might see you. And if you have any sort of doubt at all <laughs> about that, you're like, oh wow, that's yeah. how I sound. Did you notice that you do or have any like verbal tics or anything? Yeah, no verbal tics. What were you just talking about earlier? But um, yeah, what were you worried about before we we started recording? <laughs> several people, <laughs> several people mentioned like my close friends that sometimes I get a sexy voice. Sexy voice. I don't. I'm, <laughs> you just played the sound. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was because I was reading a script and I felt the need to to be serious mm-hmm. and to not up talk like yeah. this. Yeah. And um, for some reason that translated into a deep husky voice, like yeah. This. Yeah. you know, kind of a whisper. And yeah, I don't know, it came off like this. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely. I mean, recording yourself, videotaping yourself. We're talking about self awareness with the 360. That definitely either aids or maybe hinder <laughs> aids in self-awareness, but it also might hinder or change behavior in such a radical way that maybe you don't feel comfortable, but, um, it takes practice like anything practice. else. Yeah, video exactly. Almost any sort of endeavor, I think is valuable to or video or audio to go back and listen to yourself in kind of a more objective way. Yeah. I mean, sports teams do it like crazy. Definitely. When I was going through teaching training, we had to videotape ourselves all the time and watch it and figure out what we were doing well, what yeah. we weren't doing well. Yeah. Um, Did anybody give me feedback and say, Sam? I don't know. I was, I was trying to think of a crack. I yeah, I know. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I I was, did you notice how I just stared you down? It made me uncomfortable. Here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, Sam is sit, uh, standing up right now where everybody else is sitting down. I like to stand. Everybody else is me and Dana. There's only two people in here. But every other <laughs> podcast is just me. And I don't I don't like it. It looks like he's like staring down at me. Mm. Uh, well, you know what? It, it, all, I see, all I see is his eyes. <laughs> Maybe you should have verbalized that before, Eric. Maybe we shouldn't bring our relationship issues onto the air. (laughs) I can sit if you need me to. Oh, man. Well, actually, no, I won't. Sam, I have something to tell you. I feel very uncomfortable with you standing and me sitting on every podcast. I'm just saying. I'm having fun, right? Well done. <laughs> you was that was that a long setup, or did you just realize at the last? I second? just realized the last second. No, yeah. That's, that's I, impressive. I've kind of gone through and kind of started, made some favorite oh. things that maybe mm-hmm. could could use at some point in time. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a question for our guest yeah. since we since we have brought her on on the uh, on the show. How did you kind of land? Not kind of. That's a stupid verbal tick. I hate myself. How did you? <laughs> how did you land? 
on the topics that you currently study. Yeah. Why why do you do what you do in grad school? I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. More from the perspective of because recently I've spent a lot of time thinking about like how I can improve myself and just thinking about my childhood in a way that I haven't before. And so I think there's connections there. I think um, I was really self-reliant as a kid, like extremely independent and because I had to be um, like not in a sad way, but like I grew up just with a single mom as me and my brother um, and she was hard on us, you know, like made us make lunches. Like I was making lunches for the family in like third grade and always the expectation of like working and doing chores and real, real quick. What was your favorite lunch to make? What did you <laughs> make? Um, a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, not, but I think that, um, instilled in me like a value for, um, like personal responsibility and, and taking things upon yourselves to like improve your well being. And also I'm really optimistic. So I think this idea of like, development and the future potential and where leaders can go and how they can improve and get better and continuously like self-reflect, I think is really fascinating to me. So combining those two naturally comes into what I call leader self-development. Gotcha. Yeah. How do you make sense of people who don't share that outlook or in terms of like self-development people who don't, even though they think about self-development as a thing, do you, have you had to wrestle with that at all? Yes. Like toning down the inner judgmental voice. Mm. Is that what you're getting at? I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm very similar to you in that interest. Yeah. And I mean, I'm always thinking about personal development and stuff, but yeah. I also realize that not everybody thinks that way. Um, so I was, I was just curious if, if you've had to wrestle with that at all. But yeah, the inner judgmental so voice. Interesting. Yeah, I never really thought, yeah, there are a lot of people who probably don't think that way. Well, yeah. I always think about like the, so the website that I write and stuff. So the people yeah. who find my website probably are, they're self-selecting into some sort of personal development and want to yeah. learn more about it. But that makes me think about all the people who don't even think to like pick up a book or check out or Google a thing that's like they're having trouble with or self-development. It's not a thing that crosses their mind. Yeah. And I would say, yeah. So at first, when you first made that first statement, I was thinking perhaps people are sort of have a different viewpoint. But I think that's exactly what it is. The idea that they can self-improve doesn't even right doesn't even like appear on their radar. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is a someone that's so fascinating. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well done. Someone came to our campus, I think about a year ago, maybe in the spring for, you know, like a visiting scholar. Um, she gave a talk. She studied self-development from, you know, the community of positive psychologists. And she brought up a really good point in that when she's like, you know, when people look up our websites, when they look up the interventions that we like to provide to um, the community, we shouldn't assume like the lens from positive psychology is always about like, you know, let's not look about think about how we can improve, um, help people who are depressed, but how we can help people function optimally as human beings, like when they're at their baseline, like, okay state. And she studied um, the profiles of the kinds of people who were seeking out these websites and interventions around positive psychology, and they were actually slightly more depressed than the average person. Hmm. That's so interesting. Like, oh, so that's maybe an assumption we shouldn't be making about the people who are looking for our self-development resources. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But I think think even there, 
you can be depressed and still have this belief in development. Absolutely. And there you can be depressed and not have this belief yeah. in development. So it's it's that latter that yeah. the the second group there that I'm really interested in. Like how, how do you how can you show somebody or convince them that you have more control than you may think and here are some ways that you could move forward. I mean, stuff. Especially I, I would think a person who comes from like community type stuff. We don't do you know, yeah, we're not you know, clinical so, psychologists. Social program type stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're, uh, we are in a bubble living where we are, mm-hmm. being in grad school, et cetera. And, you know, most people are, are, don't know our experience in this bubble, nor do we know, I guess, theirs, unless we grew up in a certain area. Um, at the same time, some people don't even know, like, I'm thinking more so of kids, young kids and stuff. The thought, they live in an environment where the thought that they can change anything it just, it's never there. On top of that, they have people telling them that they can't change anything. And so that's, I mean, that's, I think it's a huge struggle. Then these kids grow up, obviously, they turn into adults who now feel like they can't change anything. And so you have, you know, 20-something-year-old person who's had that ingrained into their head for years and years and years. And just as the things that I have had ingrained in my head for years and years and years would be hard to, I guess, change, Let's say if you're hopeful, if you're resilient, mm-hmm. if you don't have that, like how, like how do you, how do you bust through that? How do you shatter what's already been constructed? I think some people have this high need for introspection. I'm sure we have it. Mm-hmm. That's probably why we study what we do. But I think that's a personality individual difference. Yeah. I mean, of many, of many things that would make yeah. you know, but that might be one. Yeah, I thought you were going to give me a better answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of talking about it. Yeah, um, I don't know. No, I think you're. I think you're. I think you're right. Um, I think in situations like that, it makes me. And actually, this is relevant to our meeting yesterday. The impact of a role model mm-hmm. or oh, yeah. or early or some sort of mastery experience, even if it's the smallest of small proof that you can improve a situation, yeah. which is not. I don't know. That's. I mean, I, I think role models are coming probably pretty big yeah. there. But I think like teachers, I mean, and obviously, like and again, I, I'm only I'm pretty much getting back to kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about the child development, <laughs> but my master's in, in, in developmental psychology. Uh, so, so we, but we have but we I, have an expert here, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Everybody, <laughs> okay. What's, what's your expert sound, Mister Soundboard? You're talking to me. You're, you're, I, I like giving people the full picture of what's going on here. I want to bring them in um, to this. I want them to visualize this audio experience. I lost my train of thought. No, but you know, kids are obviously at school all the time. I mean, spend so much time there. So I think like teachers play an important role that some realize and then some do not. I feel like I, I, I knew people years ago who are who were teachers and they were young people in Florida so and they're more acquaintances I, I would not ever say friends um, and they would be talking about you know my, my student can't do this and they would be kind of like when we're out at like a bar or something mm-hmm. or casually mm-hmm. out and I'm like hold, hold on a second you're aren't, aren't you their teacher hold on, <laughs> you're I'm, supposed I'm, to what, teach them on, how to I'm do it I'm not understanding I'm not comprehending what's going on here you know yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was appropriate I mean like the, the way that they were Making fun of the kids. I'm like, what are you doing? You're, you're not doing your job right. You're like, you, you should be maybe planning. You should be at home right now, maybe planning a bit more. Maybe that's rude. Maybe yeah. some teachers are going to be like, what are you doing? Come on. I man. mean, I can. I I think I see that more come with more greater complexity, given that I, I had taught for two years and I spent a lot of time around teachers. There's a certain element of 
um, kind of just like what is it like graveyard humor or whatever when in when you're in like these very stressful situations with other people in a very kind of unforgiving job it's it's nice to be able to have kind of that dark humor um, but I don't think a lot as long as you don't believe yeah. that but then the other thing and this is going to be probably very unpopular is that you quickly you quickly break yourself of the assumption as a teacher that every student is of like the same natural given ability. Yeah. And you've like, you very quickly realize, yeah, like student A, student B, they're operating on two totally different planes here. And that's just the reality of the situation. And there's things I can do to help both of them, but treating them exactly the same is not what's going to do. I don't think, I don't think you should treat every student exactly the same, but I think uh, you should be diligent in trying to educate them. Now, I should preface this. I totally agree with your first point. I should have prefaced it also with those acquaintances. They weren't like, there were people that graduated, couldn't get a job, and I, I think they were doing like some sort of, you take a couple of courses and they, they need a ah. teacher. It was one of those one of those type of situations. So they were like full-time type thing, I, I don't believe, or it's not like they had been teaching for a long time. They were just young and needed a job. They really didn't care. Yeah. And so I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm like, how how are these people allowed to be in the same classroom as kids? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I've always wondered, and maybe you can answer this, like in teacher training, whatever that looks like, like school or certification, like how much do they focus on teaching styles, pedagogies, teaching philosophy, like learning philosophies, learning like the psychology of it versus other things that I'm not aware of, you know? Yeah, uh, so I went to a pretty decent teacher education school, Bowling Green, and I thought the teach the, the education program was somewhat of a joke. Oh, um, wow. and it's supposed to be one of the best ones. Oh my gosh. And so, so we sad. took like one educational psychology class. We took a decent number of classes about around pedagogy and like how to teach and you do a semester of student teaching. Uh, and then obviously your content classes in order to be able to teach whatever it is that you're teaching. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I don't know. I was just looking around at some of my classmates and being like, you guys are doing fine in this program, but the fact that you're going to be in charge of students in the near future boggles the mind. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think there are other countries that approach teacher education and just the entire profession of teaching with a higher level of expectation uh, as compared to the United States, and I think you have very different outcomes, and you attract very different people to the profession when the training is more arduous or greater expectations for how you move up through the field. And I mean, part of that too is when you've got that sort of expectation, you can pay teachers better, and yeah. people are going to be attracted to it more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's I, a, lot, a lot of politics involved too. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah it, Way more complicated. Right, 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 right. And I know, right. I know, y'all don't talk about. You know. Oh, we'll talk about whatever. Okay. Politics, <laughs> well, politics religion. Yeah. We'll do both right now. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, like uh, in terms of politics, you ever wearing a shirt that says "I love Kazakhstan"? Oh. <laughs> it's just really soft. It has no meaning to me. My friend, my freshman year in college, came home in it. It was not her shirt, and she didn't want it, and didn't oh. want to be associated so you've with it. Have never been to Kazakhstan? No, or, actually, that said it totally wrong. You did. Because it's, it's mostly Wait, covered up. It's you, mostly covered up. You dumb American, American <laughs> Kazakhstan. It's just really oh. soft. Well, it's covered by Mike and also her hoodie. Okay, so. fine, fair enough. <laughs> I don't um, even know where it is. What you, you said you do or don't? I don't. Uh, I know Eric doesn't. We're already talking about your geography problems. It, it's in like. The Soviet area, right? It's one of those south of the, of Russia. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the 
But hey, it's, it has to be kind of in that area because of the all the stands. <laughs> yeah, all the stands are together, mostly. Um, yeah, I like maps. That's, that's what. That's literally what. No, no, literally uh, the last uh, one of the last podcasts. It was the last one. Maps are cool. <laughs> maps are cool. Maps are the coolest thing ever. I wish I had some maps in this room right now. Actually, yeah. put one on that wall. Yeah. Do you like those maps that like flip the traditional perspective upside I do down? Like those. I feel like I you would really like yeah. that. I like the maps that appropriately appropriately draw the size of Africa. Yeah, not these little crazy small yeah, African the, maps. The oh, main the main um, perspective that we have on maps is skews the size like crazy. Really? Yeah. Sizes yeah. of so is Africa bigger or smaller? Oh, it's huge. Bigger than it's normally portrayed, yeah. and and who also ma- who, uh, ma- who makes the maps? That's the question. Let's well, yeah. Let's get, I'm about to start turning this into like a militant podcast. Is Europe bigger than it actually is in the way it's portrayed? Um, yeah, I only focus on the the, the wrong size of uh, Africa compared to the other. Well, I, I don't know if I have everything else. Well, I know like if you were to put Alaska on top of the continental United States, it would cover up like most more than half of it. Really? Yeah. So like things, things that are maps are cool. <laughs> maps are cool, but maps also don't lend themselves to a, a, a visualist conversation either. Because I do not have a way with words. But start audio maps. Everybody, pull out a sheet of paper, and I want you to pull out a pencil as well. Start in the upper corner and start drawing a line up. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen? They take uh, people or take uh, students who aren't American and give them a blank of. St- uh, Blank map of the United States with all the states, yeah, and then I have them fill out whatever they know. I know where nothing is in the middle. You don't know where anything is in the middle? Not really. I mean, oh my god, that's what um, they call them the flower states. Yeah. Nobody stops. Does anybody live? Does anybody live in live in Kansas? Um, oh, you we were just talking about in Kansas. This is, no, but it only exists when you go there. It, <laughs> like it doesn't exist until yeah, you go a, there. Is it like Chronicles of Narnia? Like yeah. the wardrobe? It's a, it's a special airplane that hooks you up to like some sort okay. of matrix computer program or whatever, and. uh it only comes into your existence. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad we invited Dana here for this very deep conversation that we were going to have about maps. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dana, tell us more about what you do and what you care about. Yes. Um, what, what, do you, what, do you, what are you obsessed with nowadays? It doesn't have to be school related. Yeah. Anything. Um, obsessed is a strong word. It is a very strong word. Hmm. What are you moderately interested in nowadays? Yeah, that's a better way to put it. <laughs> um, Quakers. I'm like really interested you are in Quakers. Quakers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you you guys know me. I talk about it as yeah. much as I can. Yeah. I feel like we have not had any Quaker conversations other than you asked me about the William James book. Oh, yeah. We're, we're talking about the religion and not like oatmeal, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I it's like- time for Quaker talk. <laughs> So what 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 is it about Quake? Qua- oh my god, that was unnecessarily dramatic. That's <laughs> Quaker talk, dude. Give, give it the program. Data knows knows what's up. But it's so connected to what I research, like self development, mm. because it, it's not planned. People just kind of stand up and talk when they feel like it. Um, really, it's, I thought it, there's not a, there's not a lot of order. I mean, there's not, there's, there's no of, order. Really, yeah. on purpose. Yeah. The, have you have you um, talked to Emily, my, my lady friend? She went to a Quaker high school. Really? Yeah. Um, I and didn't know that. Also, 
they had like a, a you know hour long like silent meeting or whatever. Can you picture her at a silent meeting? No. <laughs> Oh, me neither. <laughs> Have you been to the the Quaker place? Yes, yes. In Claremont? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, gotcha. I, I went to a, an all day uh, meditation retreat there my first year. Cool. That was it was not like a. I, th- I think the guy who who leads it is a Zen um, Buddhist, but also Quaker. I don't remember his name. He's I know awesome. exactly who you're talking yeah. about. He's cool. He's a cool guy. That, that reminds me of uh, when I was in elementary school. Not this is making. More sense now. And I'm trying to learn about the Quakers, you know, in social studies and stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't recall any of this. But in uh, one of my in grade school, whatever, in elementary school, elementary elementary school, <laughs> I got a heavy tongue. I, uh, one of my teachers used to. I don't know if it was a game, or I don't know if it was something that she did to make us stop talking. But she would just start. She would say. The Quakers but for, meeting. for the best teachers, those are the same thing. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and she would start. And let me see if I remember it. I guess this is a little poetry. Um, the Quakers' meeting has now begun. No, no talking, no something, no chewing, chewing gum, and it would just go on. Like I, I don't, I don't, but I remember that. Like it's distinct in my mind. Hmm. It might have been fifth grade. Did you inadvertently go to a Quaker elementary school and no, just now realize no. it? Okay. <laughs> no, no. My my elementary school was awesome though. Um, it was Wiley International Magnet School, okay. and they really embraced. Um, people from all. I mean, the school itself sort of at least tried to. Uh, I don't know about all the people there, but the school tried to embrace like you know different cultures. It was, you know, um, these magnet schools usually have like a, a thing that they are like, magnetized. Or, like, what, is there was there like a topic like a was it the international it aspect been, of it? it might have been the international yeah. aspect. We always did like an international festival. And, yeah. Um, where like it was legit. It was like more than just a booth and a sign. Like people brought food from their culture, you know, music, yeah. entertainment. That arts. was always the thing from elementary uh, school everything. that just made me feel totally mm-hmm. left out. We'd have like family culture day. Everybody bring in the food from your family's heritage. And I, my family has like, no, I have no idea what my family heritage really? is. Like other than the Southern United States. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Yeah. I don't either. <laughs> but I always feel like all of my classmates are like, hey, I'm bringing in mm. this awesome food from my Russian grandparents mm. or like from every country in the world. And I was just like, hey, I'm just a guy. My family has just been here for a while. I don't really know where we're from. Where are your, where are your grandparents my, from? So, uh, Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. And then, but my, like, from my mom's side, there's some French Canadian. Mm. Um, and then on my dad's side, we're, I don't know, like maybe Germany or Scotland or something, mm. which are two very different places. Mm. But yeah, yeah. they've been here so long, you just, yeah, don't there was, I mean, there was never like this, we don't have any cultural traditions or anything yeah. other than, I don't know, Kentucky, maybe some redneck traditions, <laughs> which are fun too. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> well, what about you guys? What are we, yeah, cultural? Yeah, back- yeah, come on, Dave. No? <laughs> I'm an African-American male <laughs> in the United States. So, right. um, yeah. Uh, in terms of family tradition, though, like yeah. for my grandparents, not, not so much. Uh, I grew up not – well, I clearly was Asian, Ooh, yeah. some, asp- some portion, but it was unclear – which country? <laughs> and then my mom did some digging and found out it was Chinese, and it was like actually really cool to to learn that yeah. about myself. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I don't have any connection to China or any family members who have any cultural connection mm-hmm. with that at all. But it's there, and it's like nice to know. Yeah. It's nice to be able to know, like, oh, that's where it's from. Yeah, that is. Cool. You know, people thought I was adopted as a baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My brother looked super Irish as a kid, and I looked super Chinese. And 
over the years we've like melded together to look more just like the same person. That's a mix of both. <laughs> huh. I'm uncomfortable now. <laughs> no. This is the one thing that I had or that I didn't bring up. Supposedly, somebody on my mom's side did this huge like genealogy of the family, and we have some sort of connection to a former king of Navarre. And Navarre was this kingdom between Spain and France that was like oh. covered up by by France. So make, I'm royalty. You just, no, you just I'm not making it up. It. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like any any family could like trace it back far enough. Like, hey, we're related to this famous person. But um, I would appreciate if you guys would uh, address me by Your Highness from now on. That would be great. All right, you got it, Your Highness. Legal. Um, pretty, I am pretty regal over here. Well, speaking of. Um, this is this is a terrible segue. Speaking of different countries, <laughs> uh, there's an app. I read about some somebody posted something on maybe on Facebook about different technology or whatever. And so I read about an app. And I don't. I'm on the fence of whether or not it's cool or not cool. So maybe you guys can help me to judge. Okay, um, I'm good at judging whether things are cool. And not cool as in cool like the font's cool. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to use this word. I'm trying to stay away from this word, but interesting apparently. Okay. Uh, um, and so it's called World Lens. And so it, it it doesn't work well based on what I'm about to show you. This is very visual, so y'all just bear with us at the time. But it uses like um you know your camera lens. It's like same sort of augmented reality type stuff. And what it's supposed to do is in real time sort of translate text in language or whatever. It doesn't work perfectly. It's I think it's mostly to be used for like larger signs with larger text and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is a little bit of planning I do do. I did bring my Spanish book from maybe college. I don't know. Yes, I still have this book. So, how much Spanish do you know? Uh, hola, cómo estás? It's <laughs> a lot. Oh god, my phone. All right, so I thought I, I, thought I muted everything. I'm sorry. So, no, it's all good. It's all good, Sam. So, if, all right. So, all right, so I'll, I'll narrate. Eric is holding his phone over his Spanish no, text. So, they, they come this way real quick. I, I don't know that I. Oh, okay. Can I? Yeah. I'm just gonna change my perspective. Okay. Okay. So he's holding his uh, phone. Over his, his textbook. It's almost like as if you were depositing a check, like taking an image yeah. of the check. So, yeah, so what do you... Oh, whoa, that is crazy! So th- that's the real word right beside it, and that's the Spanish word. And so... Is it like, wrote, like switching them? One second. This sounds like it'd be good if you were traveling in a country where you don't speak the language. Do, do it on like something like on bigger. Do it like on a, a heading of a chapter or something. Like on the top of that one. What's that say? Vocabulario Essencial. And like I think it has to do with the lighting. I'm oh, sorry. Oh. Vocabulary essence. Essence, essential. Essential. Oh, so it, it yeah. plays around and tries to find the right word. That's it. But the tech, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy in terms of like in ten years from now or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That probably is going to work. Like I've I've heard that I think maybe it's Skype. Well, they're owned by Microsoft now, but they're working on real time audio translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could be speaking with somebody in a different language, and they would hear you in their language in real time. How crazy would that be? That is crazy, but like, well, you know, I was, I was going to say, how do you know it's translating things right? But also we use translators, but... Uh, bilingual people? But I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm saying is like, if you all, if you, if you trust only the technology, the technology is going to cause sure. like World War Three because sure. so, so, yeah, so we someone, got... someone's over here is like... Putin talking about I don't know. Yeah, but we we've gotten to yeah. So early on that would be a problem. But we there are so many things in life now where we just trust the technology one hundred percent and we don't even think I about don't. it anymore. 
I, don't. I bet you we could find it somewhere. Well, I don't trust everything, but yeah, I, mean, I, tr- I trust. Well, you, maybe you're more skeptical than others. It's but not even skeptical. Like one careful. Someone or... types in one. You know, they, I'm acting like people uh, code in machine language, which is like low level. Mm-hmm. But one one zero one one, whatever off off. Okay. Well, off. All of a sudden, do you, all of a sudden, things are blowing up. Do you ever do you ever fly? In airplanes, I barely trust that. I trust the physics more than I do the code. I'm like, if something so goes autopilot. wrong, no, no. But I'm oh. saying, is like, if the engine goes fast enough, and we have, as long as we have these wings, a good pilot will be able to float that bad boy down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I heard of this app. I was at a party last night, and apparently there's like, oh, maybe the app is called Instagram. Sorry. Instagram. Tell us all about it, Dana. <laughs> well, okay, so it's, I guess it's not a story about the app. What's that called, called again? Instagram. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, it's um, it, people on, you know, users on Instagram. Um, yeah. pi- there's like pilots you can follow, and they'll take a picture from I the cockpit, which is really disturbing. It's, so there are so there pilots are loving Instagram, and they're taking photos like from within the cockpit. Yeah. However, that is against oh, it's, all sorts of rules. Yeah. And there was this long article on Quartz uh, about that. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. I had a pilot friend um, years ago. Um, he used to fly, you know, planes. He used to do like military stuff or whatever. But he says, yeah, he goes into the cockpit, pulls out his uh, t- you know tablet or computer at the time, turn on a movie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that's definitely. It just he would just sit, sit back and relax. Well, and, yeah, and, and I was reading about that. It's like once they're above ten thousand feet. Um, from takeoff to 10,000 feet, from 10,000 feet to landing, it's supposed, they're supposed to have a sterile cockpit where there's no idle conversation. Everything is focused on landing or taking off. Yeah, but once you get above that, you're allowed to like read and stuff. Or you have autopilot yeah. on, I guess. But even you're not you're not allowed to have laptops and stuff anymore because a couple of years ago, two pilots overshot the airport mm, they were heading yep. to by like an yep. hour and a half because they happened. were they were like focused in on their yeah. computers. They're probably watching some Adam Sandler movie that, or something. Too. Exactly, <laughs> or like playing a video game. Like I, it was. I could totally see myself doing that as a pilot. Can you imagine this, like the pit in your stomach if you're that pilot and you just realize you like, oh man, we should be getting there soon. And then you like look at the clock. I've done that driving in the car, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. You know, <laughs> imagine you're in a plane. Oh. I had the experience on a plane one time where mid air the pilot came on like. Yeah. The weather is too bad in Seattle. It's too foggy for me to land. Because I'm a new pilot, they won't let me. We have to land in Portland. That's, that's, that's <laughs> like, total transparency. So transparent. Like, he could have made up a ton of other reasons. Yeah. I would have believed him if it was just the weather. Yeah. But it was not only the weather. It was the combination of his low skill level and the weather. Yeah. How did that landing in Portland feel when you realized that you were with a brand new pilot? Did you feel a little bit more nervous? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was a morning flight though, so I was pretty sleepy, and I just yeah. you know, I shook it off, sh- shook it off, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's. I can't imagine having a job where like if you mess up, the catas- the the consequences are catastrophic. Yeah. Because regardless of it of what the job is, like at some point you're going to be new at this job, and you're just not going to have the skills that you're going to have ten years later. Mm-hmm. And you're talking like. Surgeons. Every surgeon had their. Every brain surgeon had their first brain surgery. They did like completely on their own. Every pilot had their first landing completely on their own. Mm-hmm. And then the first things that I do are usually terrible, and, I, and luckily I don't have to worry about killing anyone. But yeah, 
My friend really wants to be a surgeon. She's in medical school. And she explained it to me. I think I mentioned one time, like, oh, surgeons have such big egos or something. I don't know. I didn't even think about it, but I made some rude remark like that. And she was like, you know, in order to cut open someone's brain or cut open someone's heart, like, you kind of have to have a big ego because you have to feel confident that you are the right person to do this job and that you will do it well. And that, like, extreme confidence verges on ego. I wonder if they sort of have that ego, that's what leads them to it, or do they sort of develop develop that ego? Probably a little above. Probably both, yeah. I would imagine if you don't, if, if you don't have that sort of ego or at least have the inclination to have that sort of ego, you probably flake out of surgeon school or med school at some point, if you don't have that confidence to, to yeah. do it on your own. And you have to be like, to get, to be eligible to go into a surgical residency, like you have to score in the extreme top percentile. Yeah. And you, you work for a long time under the guidance mm-hmm. of somebody else and then you gradually take on more and more responsibility. I have a good friend who is now in his residency for, I think, orthopedic surgery. Oh, wow. And yeah, it, it, he was doing like the same thing for a long, long time, and that became really easy. And then they would ratchet up his responsibility a little bit. Wow! Mm. Mm. But still, cutting people. I know. Uh, I know. Someone just posted um, again stuff. I don't know where someone posted a video. I don't ever watch any of this stuff, so all of it's new to me. But uh, of um, a surgery where they had to basically—I can't remember what the terminology is called—but open up the skull because someone had head trauma, which caused the blood. Uh, the brain to bleed. Mm-hmm. And so just, you only have a little bit of space in between there. So if other stuff starts filling it up, uh, pressure, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So they have to like, they have to open it up and uh, rinse it out. So, I mean, they're there and the person, I don't, I don't think you can put people under it's a good because they want to monitor your activity yeah. and all that. So they cut around like the skull all the way around, like the top of the skull, pop off that cut. <laughs> that sound effect was so unnecessary. <laughs> they pop off that cut. There's like a layer of like kind of like a loose kind of a thin thing that they've been lifted up and they washed out the brain. Like they rinse it out. Like is that on YouTube? Hmm? YouTube? They can find it on YouTube. I'm sure you can find like a lot of examples like this on YouTube and stuff. But I, uh, I, yeah. I recently saw a video too of a some like anatomy professor. Um, so normally when we see brains, they're not like fresh. Like they've been preserved in mm-hmm. some way. And they're kind of hard and like spongy, right? I've, t- I've touched one when I was a kid. Oh. Right. Yeah. But what she, this video, what this video was, was literally she like it had, she had basically come up from behind a screen where she had literally just taken it out of somebody's head, who had somebody who had just died. So why? So it was like it, the freshest brain you could possibly have, and it is so soft and like like gooey. And it was it was just a show. I think it was like a, a PSA for like wearing helmets or something. Uh, like you can't think of your brain as oh, this kind of hard thing that's in your brain oh, that's in so your head. It's a super was, super was soft. Was it dripping kind of through her fingers slightly? Not a little bit. Not like <laughs> not like not like not like watery jello. I, I, but, <laughs> I don't know. But it was like really yeah. really malleable. Hmm. It was yeah. super gross. Have you guys yeah. thought about what? what you want to happen to your organs and your body after you oh, die? Oh, no, this is getting too deep. Yeah. Um, oh, is that too deep? I don't no, think it's that no, no, no. deep. I, okay. <laughs> science of some capacity. Yeah. I'm not using them anymore. Somebody yeah. go for it. Yeah. Like a whole body or just <laughs> organs? Sorry, I couldn't hear you because Eric was blasting some piano music <laughs> through my headphones. So, oh. 
what was the question? Well, there's a you, you kind of have to make a choice. Like you can do the whole body to science, where they'll dissect you in medical schools and stuff, or you can do your organs to people. Well, yeah. So my first preference would be any usable organs go to people who could use them, and then anything else just do some science on it. I think it's either or. Well, then I'm going organs. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. See, it's an interesting dilemma. Yeah. This is why I asked. Yeah, I would go. I would. I mean, if, yeah, I, I feel like. If you are okay with your body being used in some capacity, why not hopefully help somebody else? But that's the way I I think of it. Yeah. I mean, they're both equally helpful, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It's just interesting to think about. You should make a will and put it in there. (laughs) God. (laughs) I have one. End of life life planning (laughs) with Dana. How these death... death, uh, No, that's... Whatever. That's that's a a good point. Hmm. what, what, What are you going to do? Um, organs to people who can use them, cremated and then buried. I specified I didn't want to be cremated and then put on a shelf. I want to be cremated and then just scattered to the winds. Mm. Yeah, I, I also I don't want that. Yeah, I don't know what. I... Yeah, but but people do like that because then it's like back to the earth or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or a shot into space. Yeah. I'll be shot into space. They're, um. That's cool. Space litter. Who knows? I mean, we may we may be on the we may be at the ripe age where we never age immortality. Yeah. Right, so they're, 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 I think they're doing human trials now. I was barely kind of looking it up. I actually heard it on another podcast. I don't want to go too much into it, but um, um, I think they're starting to do human trials where they, they basically did experiments on rats where they would take uh, they would basically transfuse blood from young rats to old rats. God, and this they, at the beginning with terrible and they science would, fiction horror. And, and the rats sort of kind of um. They started acting more young, like uh, El- yeah, is it called So does that mean we always have to go like, claim a young person, and then like they are now our like sure. blood donor organ farm? <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, this kid named Jared who lives down the street. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jared. Uh, I kid, I kid, everybody, I kid. But Jerry's okay. <laughs> I don't think no. there is a Jerry, but I have, I have to say this just in case there is a kid named Jerry. <laughs> Down the street. <laughs> I'm joking, America. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's, that's interesting. Just yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to live forever though. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wolverine's had some problems, I and mean, he doesn't yeah. live forever, but he's been around for a long time. Everybody yeah. you ever loved, dead. dead. Yeah, exactly. That was um in that movie. I don't, whatever your opinion of that, the the last Wolverine movie. I don't know if you I haven't seen it. Never mind. I yeah. Never mind. The, he's had. Lots of movies, I feel like. Lots of different origins. Yeah. Good old Wolverine. Logan. Do you guys ever see... Do you know the comedian um, Holmes? Uh, what's his name? Pete Holmes? Yes. Yeah. No. He does his... He does... He has a show, I guess. Uh, he had a show that got canceled. Oh, okay, canceled yeah. It was but funny, though. He does these, yeah. these skits where he's Professor X and he's firing an X-Man. Yes, they're hilarious. They're really funny. Yeah. This is my chance to be a part of a conversation that Dana can't be part of. Yes. <laughs> But it's yeah, it, they're, they're, payback. They're, they're so funny though because the one where he fires uh, Wolverine is is great. Cause um, Wolverine, he's Wolverine. He's played like he's a little bit mentally challenged. He just repeats <laughs> back whatever he says to him. That was pretty accurate. Anyway, uh, that's hilarious. Oh, man. There'll be a link in the show notes. And by the way, the show notes can be found at the file audio backslash episodes backslash the number six. I think this is the sixth episode. Awesome. So you should go there for links to everything we have talked about today. We're at about about an hour. 
maybe we should start wrapping up. Dana, I'm wondering if you have any just words of wisdom for our for our listeners out there. What what do people need to know that you need to tell them? I like putting you on the spot. Ring the bells that still can ring. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. I like Whoa. that. <laughs> Whoa. I like that. I've... It's just been on my mind recently. <laughs> it's a, like a poem or song I or like something. That. Did you you did, did you come up with that? No, no. By the way. No. Google it. It'll pop up. See on, on my notes. Oh, yeah, you brought notes. Holy God, we're not <laughs> wrapping up. I forgot we got a bunch of notes to go through. Oh. What, are, what do we got? By the way, that was the perfect time to wrap up. Wait, no. I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to ask that you do it a little later. But no, I, okay. I, okay. I want to look at a couple of notes since we have three. Also, I feel like I'm talking way too much. I would like you to talk a bit more about oh, things that interest oh, things you. Things just flickered. Um, pick two things off this. To talk about? Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because obviously these things were in your, in your mind. Yeah. You were on your head. Yeah. Okay. I want to hear Sam's perspective on this. So oh. yesterday at, mm. I was at this Christmas party with my friends mm-hmm. and one of them um, is getting certified in clinical counseling or, you know, he's getting, he's a getting a, to be a licensed therapist. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, he's going through that process, but he's also dabbling in life coaching and mm-hmm. realizing how he put it was it's like the wild west gold rush mm. um of this like unregulated mm. yep. territory and mm. we just had he had an interesting perspective on it and i wanted to hear what you thought about it sam well he's not that. wrong yeah. because i have taken advantage of the fact that there's like no mandatory anything and you can just call yourself a coach and start doing it mm-hmm. i don't like the term life coach I've moved away from that in the way that I talk about my work and the way I write about it. I think there's a, and plenty of people use it and it's fine, but Mm -hmm. I just don't like the, I don't know. It assumes that you have all the answers. A hockey coach knows a crap ton about hockey and like knows it inside and out. All sorts of coaches are like that. Life coach kind of implies the same thing, but I don't really see that as what I'm, what I bring to the table. I usually talk about it as like personal development coaching, or if it's a specific topic like time management coaching or things like that. Cause I do know a lot about that stuff because that's what I study and, and write about and think about a lot in the fact that it's super unregulated. There's a lot of crackpots out there who yeah. Yeah. just fire beware. Yeah, exactly. Know. And, and what I have always tried to do to set myself apart is really lean on the positive psychology aspect of it. And the fact that I'm a grad student and getting now getting my PhD in positive psychology, which is basically the science of like good coaching in, in many ways. But yeah, I mean, I, if I don't, I don't blame him for trying to do something in that, in that space. Um, I feel like actually the gold rush might've happened a couple of years ago, but it's still, it's still definitely a a possibility. I think coaching definitely is a beneficial to a lot of people. But and, and, and so saying it's unregulated too. It's so weird, and yet you still have organizations that offer certifications yeah. for coaching. Oh yeah, and that's and actually so, that's where the real money is. Developing some sort of coaching training and coming up with some sort of certification and getting people to do that. That's how you make, make the, the actual money in coaching. So, which I have no interest in in doing that. I think that a lot of those organizations are super scummy. But there's actual legit ones like the ICF, International mm-hmm. Coaching Federation, and things like that. But yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, that's yeah, that's one to take on that as well. Yeah, the other thing that I wanted to bring up that was in my list of notes is, you know, I recently went home for Thanksgiving, and 
I learned really interesting, weird things about my family. You know, one of them apparently looks for Bigfoot <laughs> on the regular. Awesome. Yeah. Really? Like goes up north to California. How and he goes on trips? I don't, it was secondhand through another relative. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I, I really don't know the details. Well, but I want to like, know all about his methodology now. I know, right? Can we get him on the podcast? Is it a him or she? To him. Yeah. I didn't want to assume. <laughs> but yeah, I, I figured it was. Why is that? Like, why... Why the association? I'm not criticizing it. Like I have that too, but like why? Uh, why would men like be why, more... why would men be more interested in fighting? Yeah, because it seems like a because I, I maybe I have this stereotypical belief that women are more rational and <laughs> logical <laughs> than men. Of that course, like, it seems dude. like the opposite no, of I'm thinking, the stereotype. Of, of course, it's a dude like just. Going off into the wilderness with like a, a an axe and like I don't know and trying to find this big mythical creature like it seems like a very like idiotic dude thing to do but yeah. <laughs> not calling your relative an idiot but yeah, yeah. Like, I, 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 there's part of me that's like yeah I would love to spend my time just like going through the wilderness looking for Bigfoot yeah. yeah how cool would that be I have a feeling this relative is up to some other things I have a, I have a few theories do you want to hear them sure please, please don't ask because that means I have to make up something on the spot. <laughs> Um, he's having an affair. If he's married, uh, maybe I don't know. I'm, I I'm don't searching. think so. A, a, with a with a lady, big he's foot? married, but I don't think an affair. But that could, yeah, in the woods, like I think he take. I think he took his kids for a long time too. That's I think it was awesome. like I think it was a family bonding I, thing. I want theory this. theory uh, rejected. It's science. Has you have to won't... be open to the possibility here's... that your theory <laughs> gets rejected. Here's the real question: Has he found any proof? Any evidence? Again, this Wait, is all. This is just through my other family members. This will be cool yeah. though. if he does take his kids on a finding Bigfoot trip. That's a reason to go camping. Exactly, it makes it more exciting. Right, yeah, for a little kid. That's a good. Yeah, that's, that's actually. Idea. Yeah. So maybe maybe I just made fun of the greatest father in the world. <laughs> I know. I don't <laughs> you know. Did good job, Eric. Oh man. Yeah. Hmm. That's yeah, kind of interesting. So you said there were. Are there other things that you found out about your family? Just like. Um, like the things they do that. in their social life and like the trips that they take mm. and you know I just as I'm getting older I'm like getting to know my aunts and uncles yeah. as uh, yeah. people more which is a normal life thing but it's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm mean? I'm going to request from here on out we get regular updates on the Bigfoot search from your relative. Just <laughs> yeah. bring you on every couple months and just to hear how things are going. <laughs> just <laughs> so yeah, I mean you're going to have to do you're going to yeah, have to dig a little learn bit. more learn more about your family for okay. us. Go okay. straight to the source. We need primary sources here, please. You know what? And okay. my my younger brother, my youngest brother just got some sort of on-campus job. He's getting a forestry degree, but his job is going to be monitoring a trail camera mm. uh, for like wildlife. And so maybe he'll see Bigfoot and then maybe I can connect oh, them so. and they can they can work or, together. Or maybe he sees <laughs> A grainy figure that looks human-like, but not. Here's what and I he want. You can just do. claim it's Bigfoot. As a, I feel like <laughs> that's what everybody. As the oldest brother, I have a duty to find where this camera is yeah. and do some fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's gonna be my my new project. Yeah. Nice. That would be actually that would, if you can figure that out, that would be hilarious. That would be the best brother prank ever. It's <laughs> a lot of too fun. bad it's across the country and far away, but. Mm. So he's just gonna watch surveillance video I think on a trail. Actually, I think he's provided with photos of, so it's not like actual running video, but okay. like four thousand photos or something that he like looks through. It it sounds, Max. I don't want to burst your bubble here. It sounds like a cool job, but it's mostly going to be looking at pictures of trees. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> 
We'll see. But he, he probably likes that if he's going into forestry. Uh, yeah, yeah he, like, he loves himself some trees. Yeah. Mm. Good old cool. trees. Trees. <laughs> Do you ever, like, consider alternative careers, like, being a, like, a, what is it called? The person who, like, lives in the forest and, like, kind of takes care of the campsite? You know, like being a, like a, a ranger, park ranger, park ranger. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like things like that. Like it's a deliberate choice. Like yeah. maybe why didn't I do that? I don't know. There's um, just real quick because um, I know. No, oh, time wise, <laughs> we have we have no time limits here. Okay. This could be anything, um, any length. I heard an interview with a lady, and I think she has either a show on. I need to find it now. I'll put a show link. But it's a lady who lives in a, some deep depth of Alaska. And I think she does something for work there with the environment or whatever. It's like protected lands. She just lives there by herself. Snowy. I mean, you know, the weather, you know, the sunlight for that's awesome. whatever many days and dark for whatever many days. And mm-hmm. um, Her conversation was just so fascinating. She was just like, yeah, I'm up there, just in, in there with nature, you know. Um, yeah. I think she said, like, she started when she first moved up there. Someone, she did have, like, a husband or something or somebody she was going to marry. But he was like, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> so she's just up there by herself. Wow. And uh, she was saying that, the, like the official like porta potty, like the uh, yeah, the, not the porta potty, but the outhouse. Uh, outhouse, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Michigan. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> what is the implication? Yeah, well, what are you? Well, actually, I think I grew up with an outhouse. I, I grew up in North Carolina. So I, I definitely. Um, but it, it's like miles away. It's like a mile or something away. Oh God, that's the worst. Because like uh, people try to avoid like you know using the restroom on the protected land area, but it was such an interesting. <laughs> Wow, like biologically, so, how does that even work? I, I, a mile I think, away. I think if she has, no, no, if she has, she, she, does, she, does she, she has a bucket. Let's yeah. cut to the chase. Uh, she has a bucket next to her bed. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just it's crazy that someone does that. And the show, I, I'm, I'm going to check out the show because it sounded a like it could be very boring or very, 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 very fascinating to watch. So. If you guys were not in grad school to get these knowledge worker jobs of some capacity, what would you do instead? Landscape architect. Landscape architect. Why? I've thought a lot about it. I am. You get to work with plants all day. You get to like walk around gardens with people and help them select which plants they'd like. You get some solitary time to like design which plants would go where in their yard. Um, you know, freelance kind of based. Autonomy. I mean, yeah. Wow, that was a well thought out answer. <laughs> thought about it a lot. <laughs> I think we, before we started, I think I kind of said uh, I would have liked to be a roadie, but I, I think I was kind of just joking around about that. But I do like the techie stuff, though. Yeah, I like, you, I like, like the, you like working with equipment. I'm a fiddler. I'm a yeah. fiddler, but um, not, not a literal fiddler of a fiddle. No, I just like the <laughs> fiddle, fiddle faddle. Um, okay. I think I would love to do something like either entertainment, but like more comedy stuff. So I don't know what that would look like. But like, I think if you could make money off of making people laugh, I think that would be great. What's a roadie? But I guess that's still not a work. Um, Someone who travels with a band or some yeah. sort of traveling agent hooks up all their equipment and like takes care of the equipment. Gotcha. I guess the com- or the, in the comedy field, that's still probably knowledge work, though. So no, if, eh. if I were to, I mean, it's not it's not psychology grad school, yeah. so that's that's yeah. that's fine. What about you? Uh, I don't even know. Um, I don't know. I. I've always kind of wished that I, I've always kind of craved some sort of job where you have this very you create something mm-hmm. like by the end of the day or the end of a month or something you have this thing that you've created so some sort of craft work around like handmade guitars or something yeah. just 
weird that takes forever to make, but you could really hone your skill over time and like be known for the the guy who makes the best handmade something or other. Yeah. But I have no. I'm, I'm not, that's not to say at all that I'm good at any of that's that. How I feel. I'm, I'm yeah, that's not. It. So, but it, I like the that idea. Yeah. So but. what about a job where, like, a janitor or something, where not only are you not creating something, but like your work is constantly being undone? Like, would that? How would that sit with you? That would be tough in a way because I, I think I crave that yeah that kind of that creation aspect of it um but i would like to think because i write and think about all the time about this what i call like the process of work and if you like the way you go about doing the work is almost more important than the ultimate product Mm -hmm. um so i would hope i would be able to kind of adopt that mindset with that type of work too um and kind of that mindful approach to whatever it is i'm doing whether it's cleaning a building or you know creating a survey for a psychology project or something like that. Yeah. I know it'd be, it would be tough. That would definitely take a major rewiring of how I think about the type of work I like to do right now. Yeah. You, you would be a different person though. I mean, yeah. So yeah. If yeah. you sort of grew and developed as that person who would be doing that, I mean, you'd probably be a different yeah. person. Well, and the thing is too, looking on, looking at it from the outside now, it's, it's like once you would get into the job, you would realize there are intricacies there and interesting, interesting yeah. details that you wouldn't, you don't get as somebody who's not in it. And maybe you could find some uh, enjoyment or meaning out of like mastering those different things that you don't even realize exist until yeah. you get into it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I, just because you mentioned that example of janitor, um, and this might have been a podcast before our podcast conversation, but I might have already mentioned it. But there's documentary called the philosopher kings yeah we talked about it yeah you you mentioned it yeah yeah and uh i think it's kind of a slow documentary but it's interesting because it's about people that are workers janitors or custodians or whatever and uh the meaning that they're able to get from the job because of where they work or at least how they communicate it and so even even if if it's not through the work it's other aspects of the job that sort of um aspects of the other aspects of the job or the the sort of lifestyle i guess they were allowed to have They've sort of made meaning out of that. Absolutely. Um, for for like four summers, maybe it was five summers, I worked uh, with a, this really small company. We power washed and stained decks like outside of houses. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I there were parts of that that I really enjoyed. Like it's very satisfying to use a power washer on a very dirty deck. Um, and kind of like the before and after of working on something like that, there was a sense of... of I don't know if it's meaning is the right word, but satisfaction after like working on a deck all day and it like started in this like moldy, just crap heap. And by the end of the day, it looked absolutely awesome. And there were things too, like you just learn, like you learn the most effective way or the best way to use like the power washer or or the (laughs) materials or tools that we use. I, I, I I, I enjoyed that. Um, but saying that I don't, I, I'm obviously not doing that right now. So I didn't enjoy it enough to not go to grad school and move away. But that, that reminds me of a story. Like, I, sorry, you keep on. No, keep on go for it. Um, one of my buddies when I lived in Pensacola, when I was in my previous grad school, it might have been after. I don't know. His name was Cheese. Uh, we, we played rugby together. That's his nickname. Okay. Uh, Cheese. And um, one of our other friends was like renovating a house. Like he was one of these guys who flipped houses, and he needed some work done in the house where he needed a hole filled, essentially. Like, needed, like a hole in the ground? A hole in the ground. But he needed, okay. like, all the... There's, like, trash. There's, like, a trash hole or something. <laughs> the tra- this is the most Florida thing I've ever heard. He needed, like, trash removed and, like, the hole filled in with, like, the dirt that they brought. 
And um, he was going to pay us 100 bucks to do it. We thought, we were like, oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll do it, whatever. But Buddy Cheese, he kind of talks like this. Yeah, 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 we'll, we'll get whatever. He has like a grass, <laughs> grisly voice. And so we're doing it, we're doing it, and it sucks. We're like, the hour goes by, okay. A couple hours ago, by we're like, oh, this you guys sucks. did not bid that project well. This sucks. <laughs> we were kind of just doing it. We're like, whatever. Yeah. And to the point where we were like, oh, this, this trash thing. So what, what can we cover up? <laughs> we were just like, we were coming up with like new ways to get the dirt to like cover. We we're like scooching down with our pants and pushing the dirt down with our butt. But so my point is, at the end of that, once we got paid, <laughs> we were like, I totally got it. I was like, I totally get people that do like work, work. We were like, we split it. I think I think we split it fifty fifty. So 50 bucks, 50 bucks, 50 bucks. I might be getting the numbers off a little bit, but it wasn't much. We were like, huh, let's go to the bar. I mean, I'm spending like a good portion just drinking. Yeah. But that was the most rewarding, like drinking and just chilling I've ever experienced yeah. because we worked for hours on this terrible, <laughs> terrible task. Yeah. And so for a while we were like, yeah, any task, $100, we'll do. <laughs> Never, nobody ever took us up on it, but uh, we, were, we were just kind of joking around. But oh, man, that was such a stupid, stupid job. <laughs> Or task. Yeah. yeah. So I'm good. Thank you for bringing those uh, topics. We yeah. need, that's what we. That's what we need. We need somebody to put a, just a modicum of of, of thought into a, yeah, what I, we're going to talk about. I didn't expect to go that much longer, but uh, <laughs> I do want um, say thanks, Dana, yeah. for joining us. But I do want you to go out with that quote one more time. <laughs> yes. I think oh. one more time. Yeah. One it more seems time. too serious. <laughs> Where, well, do you know where does it come from? It's yeah. a it Quaker thing. No, oh. it's um, I think it's a song. It's like, who said it? Travis Tritt. No. I'm not. I'm just doing that country. Fully country. No, I'll I'll look it up. I'll send it to you. Uh, we'll you can put it, put we'll it in put your it in links. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else that you could leave us with? Anything um, else you want to say? We'll end it at this. Actually, no. We'll first say as you think about it, everybody. Find us yeah. at the FileDroid.audio. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe to the uh, podcast. Um, if you have iTunes. Ratings or reviews would be very helpful on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Or comments on the actual page. We'll take yeah. that, too. All right, I thought of the outro. Okay. Thank you for being a friend. I like it. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.